For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton from 1057 the point from our sister station 101 espn as well as former blue uh, jamie rivers jamie what's going on man nice to see you guys that was a really messed up intro that's okay don't worry about i don't it. even know how that even happened i, I wouldn't worry about it you want to start over we can start no over. i don't want to start sure? over i just sure? feel as though that that it was just a little rocky in my intro no we'll edit that out yeah no, we won't. All right. <laughs> is it because i don't have a shirt on right now that... dude it completely threw me off yes it's more absolutely. so that you don't have your pants on. Uh, well, you know <laughs> that's the curveball right. on this one <laughs> Did Here's you put the your underwear on backwards. Uh, underwear. <laughs> um, on the way here, I did one of the most gross things that you can. Well, not one of the most gross things. I'm in the room with two other dudes, but uh, I'm sure you guys have have uh, um, imaginations on something that can be much more gross. But on the and way here, sure? I, I part. Well, when I parked here, I should say I was like, I got to give myself some time because I have a tooth toothbrush and toothpaste here here at work, and I, I'm sure not the, not the only one yeah. uh, that does that. And I'm not like brush my teeth 14 times a day, guy. But with the Crohn's, I eat all day long, so I eat a bunch even before six o'clock when I get here at 3 a.m. I eat uh, and I eat all during the show. So anyway, so I'm always brushing my teeth. Thank goodness, because on the way. Here, I put two most disgusting things in your face that could give you horrible teeth and really bad breath. I drank coffee while eating Doritos. Oh, baby. Right? That's a one-two punch. Technically, all Doritos. The the Dorito ripoffs from Aldi, which are so... I mean, all Doritos. Oh, they're the best, dude. They're the best. <laughs> There's no way that they taste as good as regular Doritos. Yeah, they do. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know that this is not the point of what we're about to go. But no, there's we can, no if there's way. no point to my story other than my face was gross. Because I appreciate the, the. I am. I am not opposed to the generic store brand. Yeah. As a matter of it fact, sounds like you're a little snobby though, Don. I'm not gonna lie. Swear I'm not. Swear okay. I'm not. All right. The schnooks like generic uh, barbecue potato. Oh chip, yeah, those are good. Get the hell out. And of here. And they're only it's, a dollar a bag. They're they're awesome. But dude, those knockoffs, man, they always taste like knockoffs have when it comes ever, to something like Doritos. Have you ever tried the? No, the, but I will. Dorito? Yeah, please do. They they have the um, the Cool Ranch. Yeah. Not as close of a match to the regular Doritos Cool Ranch. But honestly, I'm I am not a Dorito snob at all. Yeah. I'm just a guy that's in radio, so I shop at Aldi. Right. And I stumbled across <laughs> these and I dubbed them all Doritos because they are so close. Oh, all Doritos. Yeah. I didn't yeah. catch that. You didn't part. catch it. I took me a second too, and then I was like, I thought it was like all dressed Doritos, but then I was like, all Doritos. I get Doritos. Yeah, this you is the top level material right, right here. There, man. Yeah. We started with the good stuff this time around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I uh, between the coffee and then the yellowing of the Doritos on the teeth. I was like, I gotta go brush my teeth. So thank goodness, just in case there's any post show making out. What? Well, well never know. I, yeah. Uh, well, not with the Doritos. Right. No chance All Doritos. Of that. Come on. Get a little. Already, By the way, you gotta Aldi, have standards. Already man, been somehow. chewed, right? By the way, Aldi, a show sponsorship is available for you. <laughs> All Doritos specifically, right. specifically, specifically. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com if you would like to uh, sponsor the show. Now, my dilemma with uh, Doritos or All Doritos, mm-hmm. if you if you may, is that when you eat them out in public, you end up with the orange. 
fingers, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And then if you're really out in public, and you know, you can't just like lick your fingers clean, mm, no, not without because it's still there. Jeff getting excited, right? But <laughs> you got to kind of drag your teeth over your fingers too, because mm-hmm. it's like you know. And, yeah. and I'm I'm look around as I'm doing it, and I can tell that people are disgusted. Yeah, and, and what does every single person that eats all Doritos, uh, sorry, Doritos, uh, do? You start with you, you, the first couple, you get the big ones because they're easier, and then you just grab the corner going, oh, I'm going to be so dainty and clean about this. And then three scoops later, you're just, it, they're, they're up to your elbow. The bottom of the bag, you're digging in with your yeah. fingers, and you've all got sudden, uh, the knuckles. Yeah. And things. So, so this happened a couple weeks ago. My youngest son, Dexter, nine years old, be 10 on Sunday. Happy early birthday, buddy. Happy birthday, Dave. Uh, Dex. <laughs> your mother and I love you. Love, love. Oh. <laughs> I knew, you know what? I opened yeah, myself anyway. up for it. Not surprised. Anyway, dude loves Doritos, and I didn't know where he was. And I look in the kitchen, and there are like handprints of Doritos on my counter. I found handprints <laughs> near his bedroom wall. Like it was everywhere. You guys are still laughing about no, that no. goddamn thing. No, but what I'm going to ask is: Was he not supposed to have them, or was he just being no? He a was mess just essentially afterward. touching the walls and everything in his path after he had been eating these Doritos. He left and the crime was, scene. Oh, yeah. dude! So like I'm scrubbing the friggin' walls and shit for to get rid of Doritos. Hopefully he doesn't go into a life of crime because it'll be a short. Oh, uh, it won't be. It won't be good, <laughs> He's man. Not very good at covering. No, no, no. Not not even at all. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Speaking of, the, I gave out the email, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com if you uh, you know want to send us an email or something like that. And also, to maybe get you guys to send us some more email, emails, although we do have some for today, yeah. uh, we're thinking about doing some sort of giveaway. Like, yeah. uh, hey, you know, say we get five or six uh, emails. If we read your email on the air, well, I think we'll that do would a be giveaway, a something like that. Yeah, but I think we should probably figure out what we're going to give away before we actually give something away. I mean, I'm not trying to be particular about the order of things, but it just seems to make a little more sense. That there's the jelly of the month club, Mark. <laughs> I ain't transferring my jelly of the month club. <laughs> the jelly of the month club. It's, Poor Clark. It's not transferable. That's a gift that gives back all year round. Really you want to? Let, let's lead off with the two emails. Why don't we do that, and then we'll get into everything else? Okay. Last minute blues podcast on. Uh, on Instagram, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com if you want to send us an email. Hey, uh, this is from Alan. Hey, gentlemen, what would each of you do to fix our putrid power play? Five left-handed players on power play one, four right-handers on power play two, with the lone left-handed player being behind the net ruins any chances of quicker one-timers. Oh, and we haven't scored five on three uh, five on three goals since December of 2016. And that is from Alan. And simply, and I don't know the X's and O's, Jamie, like you do, and I'm sure that you're going to tell me that I'm wrong when I say that what I'm about to say, and that's Why okay. Are you setting it on a but, tee but dude, like, like it seems to me sometimes the blues overly complicate things, and and I the, the only time that I get irritated is when they're messing around with the puck, where it feels like throw it at the net, see what the hell happens. You know what I'm saying? It, it, the playoffs, the playoffs taught me anything last year. It was legitimately body out in front from the point, let it go, and you never know deflection. Whatever get otherwise. in the way, get in the goalie's eyes, something. Yeah. I know that that's an over oversimplification of things, obviously, but, you know, like kind of just my perspective there. There, Yeah, look, you, you're not wrong, Donnie. So mark this day down on the calendar. Seven minutes in, dude, seven minutes in. <laughs> you're Good keeping job. score at home. This is one for Donnie. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. Uh, no, but look, here's the thing is they have really talented players, and sometimes you overthink things. You do. Or you over overhandle the puck. Is the biggest problem is you're you're got this false sense of confidence because the other team is shorthanded, so you have a little bit more time and space, and you tend to look for the bigger, better play. Oh well, where's the backdoor tap in? Where's the fancy play here? 
And it's it's not by design that way. It's just kind of what you default to sometimes because you're thinking I'm an elite player. We're in a power play situation. I can make an elite play here. And, and, and that's not always the best option. I do think that the Blues have done a better job of moving the puck around quickly. And that's the number one thing for me is the quicker you move the puck, and not necessarily short distances. I do like when they use the bumper in the middle of the penalty Oh, my kill. God, I was so thinking that. you When they do that, you can tell they're focused. They're, I don't know well, what it is Well, they're using exactly. everybody at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, they're using so everybody. Everybody at that particular moment becomes dangerous. And, you know, sometimes if you don't use a guy very often, other penalty kills can be like, okay, you know what? They're not really using this guy, so essentially we can corner off the ice in this section here because we don't have to worry about player X or player Y because they don't really go there unless they have to. So when they have the option of using the bumper, it does get it forces the penalty kill guys to turn or to adjust their stance or close off ice in different ways. So when you use that quickly back and forth and then you go high to low, meaning blue line to goal line, now everybody has to shift. And then if you come back again, goal line to blue line, D to D, then that's a lot of real estate for penalty kill guys to cover and maintain great coverage, tight coverage at that point. That's why you got to move the puck quickly, and that's why you have to make teams run around. It opens up passing lanes. It opens up shooting lanes. It open, it creates more scoring chances. And then the shot is a wonderful concept. But if you don't have numbers, then you're one and done. Okay? Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks, oh, shoot the puck. Shoot. How many times have we heard that at the, the Enterprise, right? Yeah. If you got one guy in front, the other team has 2D, and they have a forward collapsed on the slot guy, essentially that's three on one mm-hmm. to retrieve a loose puck, plus the goalie, four. So now you're throwing the puck at the net, but you're essentially giving it away for the other team to ice the puck or get a whistle, take the heat off a little bit. You want to make sure that your player's in a good position, that he's not being guarded by two guys, that there's not anybody in the shot lane. That way there you can create offense off the shot. And then, heaven forbid, you drop the bumper guy. Mm-hmm. You drop him down towards the net. Now you have two layers of a screen. You have a high tip, a low tip, and you have guys at different layers. So if the puck kicks off the goalie harder than it should, you have a guy in that second area where he can retrieve the puck. If it stays close to the net, the low guy in front of the goalie, he can retrieve the puck and get help from the other guy collapsing. It's always easier to go towards the net to retrieve pucks then to backtrack back up the ice the, to get them. The bumper guy, I just love that. I love it because it makes that half-board pass to the top of the blue line so much easier because you can go inside and then back up top to the blue line. Yeah. Wow, that sounded like X's and O's coming from me. But uh, how great was him, just, uh, uh, Jamie, describing that? I, do, I dozed, to be Did you? with you. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, why chef, I love doing chef, this, man. You have a way of, of describing these things so that I can visualize them in well, my mind what's as, great as about, a not expert, which is awesome. What's, is, what's great about it is that the dude has been a professional you know, coach, right. obviously a player, but still coaches and still teaches the game to these guys. So that's that's one of the reasons why we let him in the door But, but sometimes, though, like <laughs> when, you're, when you're going through X's and O's, it definitely gets to a point where yeah. it goes over my head, yeah. just to be very, very yeah, honest. There's yeah. a lot more I could dive into sure. and concepts and what you're looking to do, how yeah. you're looking to create better chances. But to simplify it, that's the best way to simplify it. So tell me, and I know we've talked about this before, at least a hallway talk or whatever. Um, Pareko's got an amazing slap, slap shot. At least, I don't know if it's amazing, but it's super, super hard. I don't know if he always knows where it's going. You would know better. Why can't they set him up to be to in Alex, Alex Ovechkin's spot? Like, put him in that office. And I understand he's a once-in-a-lifetime player doing that particular thing. But what would it take 
for them to set him up like that and just put them on a tee and just let him rip it at the net. Yeah, okay, look, I understand the— Or is that just a juicy fan thing, to like a romanticized Well, yeah, I was going to say that's the sexy way of looking at it, right? Like Colton Pareko's got this 105-mile-an-hour slap shot. Why can't we just give him the puck and let him score? Well, it's a little more difficult than that. One, you know, you got to hit the net, yeah. and you got can't murder your own players There's while that. you're at yeah, it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Usually, your highest paid players are on the power plays. You want to kind of avoid killing them at all right. costs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the offensive instincts are something that can develop over time. And I, right now, Colton Pareko, he's great offensively to join the rush to carry the puck. I don't know if anybody skates better than him in the NHL. Truly, a pure skater. He's incredible uh, with his foot speed. But the offensive instincts aren't always there. And the little mm. plays like we talk about, the pass to the bumper, get it back, move it, slide down, rotate with the guy, switch spots, that has to kind of come naturally to a guy. Like when you look at a guy like Vince Dunn, uh, Petro, Justin Falk, these guys naturally think offense, right? They're, they're, they know where they're going. They, they've already th- thought two or three plays ahead where I'm not saying Colton Pareko can't get there one day. But right now with the power play, you know, kind of in limbo at times and they're looking to work on it, it, what you're you're describing is kind of one-dimensional. Basically, you know, the Washington Capitals, you can't forget, never mind that Alex Ovechkin's a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of player. Mm -hmm. Look at his supporting cast. Yeah, He's got Backstrom, Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, John Carlson. All these guys are weapons. So, you know, he's left open a lot of times because there are other options available. If you take away those options, then Ovechkin's available. Where if you got Colton Pareko right now and the Blues don't have the five guys that the Capitals have on their power play, I just worry that he's not quite there yet. But isn't that, isn't that, isn't that easier for him to just stand over there and take slap shots than to do all the other stuff that you were talking about he's not there yet skill-wise? Or no. is that the first step and then set him over there? No, Look, it, it's easy to set him over there and say, hey, you're just going to stand here. But then getting the puck to him clean and making the play essentially then is four on four okay. on one half of the yeah. ice. Yeah, I, I assumed there was some sort of simple explanation because it just seems like every every team that would have somebody that can unleash pucks like that would do that then. Yeah, and look, it's not it's not something that's out of the question moving forward. I think that they can experiment with that. I do think they have to figure out things with their regular guys first. If you start throwing the bingo balls in and you just like whatever comes out and you go with it, you don't ever get a rhythm. And people need to understand that is it takes time to develop that chemistry and to get that that group of guys that has the chemistry. And you keep rotating guys in and out, you lose a feel for it a little bit. Yeah, and then okay. new guys, new ideas, and new like all of a sudden somebody's where they shouldn't be or somewhere new. And I think right now they've got Justin Falk. They've got... Alex Petrangelo, they've got Vince Dunn, who three guys that I think uh, naturally their offensive instincts are better than Colton Pareko. The last part of it is Colton Pareko already plays about 23 to 25 minutes a game. How much are you really going to put on this kid right now? And he usually matches up against the other team's top players. Mm. So, you know, it's a lot for this young guy to squeeze in here. This might be kind of a silly question. I, I, I hope not. But with, with a guy like Petro, with Falk, with with a lot of these big, bigger offensive-minded defensemen, were they 
forwards as younger players and then got and you, and then cuz I would assume that you have to just be an exceptional exceptional skater obviously to be a defenseman so like at some point in their development did they go you know what you are really talented at this this and this so instead of being a forward you can play both ends or or, or what have you how does that progression happen yeah well look uh you're right i mean uh not necessarily that they're forwards okay because uh a lot of these guys start out as defensemen, and the reason being is you get a lot of puck touches mm-hmm. on the back end. And my dad, when we were growing up, we had three lines of forwards and four defensemen. And so I was a centerman playing youth hockey, and my dad said, well, you're going to play defense next year. And I was like, I don't want to play defense, Dad. I want to score goals. He goes, well, who says you're not allowed to score goals? He's like, just take the puck and go. He's right. like, you're going to be on the ice every second shift. And so I think that's the mentality, especially these days, is there's no rule that says you can't go play offense. And I can tell you from personal experience that these guys, to a man, no matter what position they're playing, they're all working on their their skills. All these guys, even the defensemen, have top-notch stick handling and puck handling abilities and can shoot the puck. And the one thing they do have that some forwards don't is that ability to skate as well as they do. Skate backwards, edge work, all those things, escape tactics, some of the forwards don't aren't blessed with that natural backward skating. So the, the defenseman, it's a learned skill for sure, but some of these guys, it's natural. They get the puck as a young kid, and they want to go, go, go. And you know what? But they also want to play defense and touch the puck a lot. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. You don't really pigeonhole a player sure. at a really young age with mm-hmm. a position, but usually by peewee or bantam age, um, you know, which is about 12, 13 years old, you're looking to you know have a kid fall into a spot, and right now the way that hockey is going, it's almost like there's no positions really. You start out on defense, and if you watch Petro play, he ends up all over the place, right? And, and that's why it promotes that offensive instinct for him. Well, we've got one more email that we can knock out here right quick. Uh, this is a quick one from Nate. Nate says, uh, hey, fellas, just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Really enjoy what you guys are doing each week. I recently had an idea of a possible reoccurring segment you guys could do each week. With the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, I know there are a lot of new fans for the Blues and to hockey in general. What if you guys did a short segment each week explaining a different fundamental topic in hockey? For example, what is a forecheck? Or explaining different penalties. I figure you could cover a different topic each week. Just a thought. You guys rock. And that's, again, for from Nate. I don't Donnie wrote this. that one, Jeff. <laughs> Donnie wrote that one. Yeah, that's not even an email. Donnie, it's in pen. It's, it's written in pen right it's now. It's from Donnie Fandango at 1057thepoint.com. No. Please respond. No, I think, I, Nate, I don't think that that's like a bad idea. I think that I would almost rather do it on a case-by-case basis. Like, if we saw something pop up in a game when it comes to do with the penalty or with something like that. Or if it becomes an issue yeah. for the Blues where it becomes a hot topic. Where, okay, well, they're not in on the forecheck enough. Or Craig Ruby starts talking about, well, we don't have our forecheck going or something like that. You know, I think we can dive into things at that yeah. point for sure. You know, one thing that I noticed that they're speaking before we get off the power play uh, real quick is yeah. that are they doing it less, the drop pass thing? Or, no, or have I just not looks. noticed it? Now, each unit has their own breakout package we'll call it oh really i didn't know that yeah. so like the first first line of of the power play will do one thing as far as breaking out and spending on- a lot of times now it's deception right so you have the guy carry the puck up the ice the second guy loops in behind him long way behind him and you can see okay well they're going to do the drop pass here well then the player who's carrying the puck just keeps going and, and they attack the zone and what happens is you catch guys poaching from the other mm. team where they're like okay we're going to re-attack 
the drop pass, well, they kind of stay in, you know, it's a little bit behind, a little slower, trying to anticipate that. And then if you turn the Jets on as the puck carry, you can trap that guy and you end up four on three on the zone entry rather than five on four. <sighs> You're making me want to watch some games now. <laughs> you know? It's always how it's always how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you just mentioned Craig Berube, and, and one of the questions that Jeff and I were talking about through the course of the week is: you hear about Mike Van Ryn, you hear about Steve Ott, and now Mark Savard, who new to the staff this year, I believe. Can you kind of talk, Jamie, to us? Like, what are these coaches' responsibilities? Like, for instance, I know Mike Van Ryn, he covers the defensive pairings, right? So he sets those. But can you kind of just maybe talk about what each of those coaches are, are kind of doing? And you're about? talking about, like, game day stuff, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Or just maybe just a, a, a synopsis sort of of the gig in general. Yeah, look, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, these coaches uh, work through the night sometimes, especially back-to-back games. There's a ton of pre-scouting that goes on. That'll start with video coach Sean Farrell. Uh, accumulating the data for these guys, basically rounding up all the clips he can find for, you know, what they're going to break down or pre-scout. For Mike Van Ryan would be the opposition's top lines. What kind of setups do they use? What kind of what the line combinations are? His defense, he wants to see, you know, what they've done well in the past couple of games, what they haven't done well, and how that matches up against who they're going to play at that particular moment. Steve Ott, forwards, would fall under his umbrella. Craig Berube, the whole team. You know, his job is to assess all the positions, go through a lot of clips, and they will break it up to where they have zone entry. So that'll fall on somebody's umbrella where they're looking at clips or look at neutral zone tracking, which is defensive schemes. How are they checking? How are they closing off the lanes? They'll have transition game where it starts just inside the Blues' blue line. They'll have defensive zone play. I mean, you see where I'm going here? Yeah. Everything is being broken down into segments of clips. And then the coaches will divvy up those uh, those tasks amongst each other. Craig Berube will set up who's in charge of what, and then you know they have a general meeting together. It's all of them coming together. The the, the game plan, the penalty kill, yeah, it falls under certain guys. And the power play right now, everybody's talking about how it falls under Mark Savard. Well, they don't just hand them the keys and say, "Okay, bye. <laughs> this one's yours. Yeah. See you at right. game time." <laughs> right. You know that's not how it works. They they hand them the keys, and general concepts and ideas will go through him. But then, if you think if Steve Ott has an idea, Mike Van Ryn, Craig Berube, they're going to brainstorm a little bit. At the end of the day, Craig Berube gives the rubber stamp. Boom. Whether yes, that's what we're going with, or no, we're not. And two things on Steve Ott. Number one, I think he's in charge of trash talking as well. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> that's a tough spot for former players because you stand there and guys are yipping or they're saying stuff to your your team that you're coaching. And a guy like Steve Ott, I know I was the same way. It's like you just want to fire off lasers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can't. It's kind of the unwritten. You can, I guess. No, no rule says you can't. But the unwritten rule is if you're not able to put the gear on and deal with a player, if you have to, then you shouldn't be talking crap. Yeah. Because wow. that player can't get to you behind the bench. He's not going to attack you in the hallway. So if a guy wants to settle a score, you should have your skates on and be in the mix so that if there's something you got a problem with, uh, it's a fair playing field. Uh, Interesting. I I, I, and also, uh, real quickly on Ott, the other part of that was, do you think, and I know Barube is not you know, 65, 70 years old, you think Steve Ott is being groomed? Well, I think every day, guys, behind the bench in any capacity, he's being groomed, uh, whether that's for the cur- the team he's currently with or whether it's for an opportunity somewhere else down the road. Yeah. It's in Steve Ott's best interest to, as well as any other coach, but specifically Steve Ott right now, to focus on being airtight 
to be a sponge, mm. absorb everything that Craig Berube's talking about, everything Mark Savard has to offer, Mike Van Ryan, video coach Sean Farrell. Pick up your bits and pieces, and then you got to work your dick off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really do. You have to dive into not just your own games. You have to dive into all the games around the NHL. Teams are being successful in one area of the game. Go dissect what they're doing. Find out how they do it. And also be a good dresser, and he's got that nailed, I think. He always looks really, really <laughs> he good. He does. He looks but, sharp. Uh, but also uh, going back to the whole trash-talking thing, If you got, I don't know if you guys are a fan of Letterkenny or if you've watched the new season yet. I have not. I've heard you talk about it. But... Oh, my God. There is. Have you watched it yet? There no, some... I can't. Where do I find it? I uh, look, it's, I was... on, it's on uh, Hulu. Oh, it yeah. is? Yeah, it's okay, on Hulu. because I have a Hulu account, and I was looking everywhere except Hulu. Yeah, it's on, it's, it's on the Hulus, Damn but uh, uh, the new season, and they send clips to us, you know, and, and uh, the new season, has, first of all, has a lot more actual hockey in it, and there is a scene where they're playing somebody, and the trash talking is a plus. I mean, it's 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes of nothing but <laughs> hockey players trash talking each other while playing, you know, uh, and during stoppages in play, you know, the one of the characters from Letterkenny scores and he says to the goalie, hey man, can I get your email? Yeah, I just want to email you later, let you know how much you suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I get your cell? Oh, never mind, I'll get it from your mom. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And much more brutal, uh, obviously. So there's a lot of trash talking on the ice. You know, speaking oh, yeah, speaking of that a little bit, that was an unbelievable setup. I don't know if you did it on purpose, but that's an unbelievable setup up into what we have coming up next. It was we, an accident. We, I went to the game last <laughs> maybe. I went to the game last Thursday against Vancouver. Blues got those two penalties back to back late, one of which for Barubi, I think saying some choice words to the officials. Yeah, very few choice there, words. That's what I that, now in, in setting this up, it seems as though hockey players give the refs and linesmen eons amounts of shit and it feels as though that the refs and 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 linesmen will chirp a little bit back it seems like you really got to push far before you get that two-minute penalty can you kind of talk about that player (laughs) ref relationship and what you can get away with well it used to be a lot better the relationship because you saw these guys more often and they had been in the league for a number of years the nhl is promoting a lot of guys quickly now and it's almost like the players careers where Guys are coming gone before you know it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, back in the day, you had more guys that were regulars mm-hmm. and they covered a certain area uh, of geographically of what they would ref. And so if they fell into your area, you got to know them. You saw them around the rink. And even if you're on the road, you saw them out at the bar having a couple of beers and you usually chat and they get to know you, whether you're a dick or you're a fair player and vice versa. Is a good ref, bad ref? Is he fair? Is he a jerk? The refs will take abuse. They will. To a certain degree, Mm -hmm. okay? And and usually the line that gets crossed is when they start to question the referee's sexuality (laughs) on whether or not they Hmm. um, like to perform oral. Certain things, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Uh Yeah, so as soon as you call a guy that CS word, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. That's it's the... it's funny because how much further is that than it is in baseball? Because baseball, you say a cuss word, you're done. It, it seems you don't, like you're it. not even looking at the umpire. You know, I know part of it is the fact that you're you know arguing balls and strikes, they can throw you out for that. But you say a cuss word, you're gone. That's the line there. But this is way past just cussing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can go over and you know you can mf the guy 
and he'll MF you back sometimes. Oh, or that's so great. You know, like there's lots of times where I would criticize the ref and they'd be like, well, if you weren't such a shitty player, you wouldn't <laughs> right, have made that yeah. play. You know? And you're hey, like, Jamie, oh. good to see you on the ice. And I was like, yeah, yeah he's got a point. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it was the other way too where, you know, you go skate by the ref and say something and they'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. I was, mm. That was a horrible call. Right. Or I should have got my ass out of the way or I could have done this different. And, but there was that respect. And some of the times, like back... When, when I was just starting, like, you'd hammer a guy in front of the net with cross-checks and slashes and just give it to him. And the ref, if he liked you, would kind of give you the, you know, that's two, that's three. And then he'd be like, okay, Riv, one more I got to call you. Oh, during, wow. in, in the middle wow of the, the play. play. Oh, yep. wow. That's one. That's two. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more I got to call you. One ya. more I got to call you, Riv. All right. So then you, if <laughs> How you, do you feel as the uh, as the uh, forward at that point, though? Well, well I guess he yeah, does the same thing for, for well, your if, guy, if, yeah. If you're not a dick, right, then yeah. the ref likes you, and he'll give you that advantage, too. He'll gotcha. let you get away with some stuff. He'll okay. let you in the crease a little more. Like there's, It's not like you're breaking the rules. It's just like, hey, guess what? I'm going to be fair to you, but then when I call you for a penalty, don't make me look like an ass right, right here. Right, right. Don't be yelling up and down and all around and making me look like a fool because then guess what? You're not going to get that extra bit of leash. Yeah. We're just going to be like, whoop, we're You're done. blackballed, yeah. yeah. And so now the relationships are not near as cemented because the guys are in and out so much. It's or- a little impersonal. And, mm-hmm. you know, they took the names off guys' jerseys, and I know that they did that for a reason because they didn't want guys' last names and with social media. And now there's a there's a strict rule against referees in social media right now in the NHL. Really? Oh, yeah. They're not allowed to have a Twitter account or an Instagram or anything like that because— What about Bumble? Do you know? I'm asking for a friend. Uh, Bumble and <laughs> I think— okay? Grinder. Yeah, Grinder's yeah. cool. They're, right, they're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, that I actually don't know. I'll have to <laughs> rely on you for that one. Uh, but— yeah, they, they don't want to have them susceptible to even death threats. Right. right. You know, yeah, like yeah. people go a little overboard sometimes. And, you know, but they took the names off and you don't get to know the guys as much. Even if you didn't really know a guy, you knew his last name and then you'd start to call him his nickname. Guys would get, and then you get to know them. Now it's like, hey, Raph, hey, 31. Right. Mm, you suck. Uh, well, it's it's crazy. That you, it's crazy. <laughs> they still suck, though. Yeah. You say that because, like, I remember Don Koharski from when I was a kid. And like, you know what I mean? Like, there the Marbles were, guy. You there, ever there hear were that names. stories? Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay. D- D- Koharski had a theory. He'd say, you know, he's talked before, and he's like the ex-cop, you know. Well, boys, I'll tell you what. He's like, I start with the marbles. You know the marbles. And we're like, what are you talking about, the marbles? I got an even number of marbles in my pocket. Every time I make a call, I take a marble out, put it on the scale. I make sure that at the end of the game, that scale is pretty darn even. Nothing tips on that scale. Oh, Christ. First of all, there's so many better ways to do the analogy. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what he's saying. Oh, I got on. marbles. Marbles are going to get all over the now, ice. We're going to lead fall. off to that one. It's going to suck up into the Zamboni. <laughs> the, lead, the, the follow-up to that one is I remember him talking about the marbles. Riv, remember the marbles? I go, yeah, the ones you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That's awesome. Got so, the stink eye. And he laughs at that, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. he'd give it to me for Dude, sure. a good burn is a good burn. Oh, when yeah. somebody gets your man, I mean, yeah, you, you got to go, gotta go okay, and the last Last time you got burned in front of me, what did I tell you is always the standard answer. Oh, I forgot. I'm not learning, Jeff. What was Let's it? Let's see. Uh, let me try to think. Hey, Donnie, you got really small hands. So what's the reply? Your mom likes them. You always go to the mom. <laughs> That's a good. That's a yeah. great call. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't remember that. I should. Okay, man, I'll write it down for you. <laughs> Plus, really small hands makes your genitals look bigger. That is true. Everybody's genitals look bigger. That's right. Actually, not You're just yours. I'll, right. tell, I'll take any help in which that I can get. <laughs> just, just, just truthfully, much was made, Jamie, of the players only meeting the Blues had uh, earlier or didn't this week, have. or didn't have. Can you kind of shed any light on uh, on that? 
Look, sometimes there, there's a report in the paper saying that they had a, a players-only players meeting. Only, yeah. Then there's other people that say it was like two or three dudes sitting around talking. It's not a players-only meeting. Yeah. And uh, if so, is it awful early in the season for something like this? That gets blown out of proportion sometimes. Kind of we assumed that it did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a even if it is a players-only meeting, even if they did close the doors and it was just the team that was in there, it's not like it's high intensity. Right. It's usually someone saying, all right, boys, you know, enough's enough here. Let's go. Let's get our shit together. Big game tonight. We know what we can do. Everybody come, get rested, get your whatever you need to do and play hard. And that can be it. You know, like it doesn't have to be somebody it yelling at somebody. It doesn't or... have to be so-and-so called out this and there's a riff in the locker room and there's all that. That sounds great in soap opera world. But it doesn't really happen in the NHL. Is there is there something? I asked Chris Kerber this uh, this morning on on the Riz Show. Is there somebody in that Blues locker room that can be that fire and brimstone guy? Because it doesn't seem like nothing wrong with this, but it doesn't seem like Petrangelo is the guy to get in oh, people's no, he, faces. Blah blah blah. No, he is. He is good. See, that's the misconception here. Is people think, well, Petro's not. He doesn't have enough sandpaper. Right. Uh, let me tell you something. Go on the ice with him as a young guy or somebody who's messing up the drills or not working hard enough. He's going to come by, he's going to pull the drive-by and friggin' light you up. Really? Oh, yeah. And Or he'll just literally come across the locker room and be like, hey, listen, that was completely unacceptable. You're wasting everybody's time. Get oh, your good. shit together. Good, 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 good. That that's, so nice. Awesome. that's nice See, to But hear. that's like the misconception. So yeah. I hear people all the time, is, oh, is. Petro's not Captain Material. Bullshit. Yeah. Get around him for a while. See what he does. I try. He never answers the door. <laughs> well, Jeff tries to get into the showers. He gives He's me that I'm his, working. Hey, He's got I, his media pass, eh, and Jeff. Does Jeff this get to, me into the barbecue, Petro? He, uh, he used to always try and interview me in the shower. I'm like, Mr. Burton, the interview room's over there. You know, I wanted to ask a question kind of uh, about, about Petro a little bit. I, I was looking at some stats a little bit earlier, which is always very dangerous, but I looked at the San Antonio Rampage roster just to kind of see who was scoring that kind of thing. Look and at you. You yeah. see Mitch Reinke's got six point, or five points in six games. You've got McCullough that's got four points in six games. Does the development of these guys tell us a lot about what happens with Alex Petrangelo? Because at, at, it, 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 does, no. does he, these guys don't force the Blues' no. hand and say, you know, we might not... N- necessarily need no. that much money for Petro. Donnie, who's going to walk in off the off of that lineup and play 25 minutes a night for you? No, you're right. And I didn't mean I, I, I phrased it's it It's not poorly. a replacement. I, I didn't, it's, a, it's the money as, aspect of it, right? I think that's as much as anything else. Not necessarily replacing Alex, but hey, here is a guy that, I oh, know, because again, the drop-off is going to be substantial. Yeah, I'm I don't talking myself out of it. I got Just it. to cover everything that you're answering yes. without being too much of a smartass, right. I'll try my best. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, what am I worried about? <laughs> Anyways, um, no, but Alex Petrangelo, you don't replace that guy, right? He's your captain. He's your premier defenseman. He's a two-time gold medalist in the Olympics. Like He's what you want your brand to be. So there's nobody in the system that replaces him. Now, are there other guys that are susceptible to being expendable in the future? Yeah, absolutely. But he's not the one. He's not the one. And Justin Falk isn't going to be the one right now. They, you know, Petro will carry a big contract at some point, whether you know sooner or later. You know, hopefully sooner than later. Falk has got seven years. Colton Pareko's not going anywhere. Vince Dunn's your future. So you're essentially that's a defenseman you just talked about. Yeah, but you're essentially looking at you're isolating Carl Gunnarsson, who's on a two-year deal, very cap-friendly. So that's a guy that you move on from Mm -hmm. in two years from now. I hate to say I love Gunny. He's one of my favorite guys ever. Yeah, it's the business. Robert Bortuzzo. 
He's another guy, you know, depending on where you're at with your sandpaper in the lineup. And, you know, he's a gritty guy. I love the way he plays, too. But business-wise, you look at, okay, those are two guys right there, left-handed shot and Mikola and right-handed shot and Ranky. There's a lefty-righty. So two years from now where their development is, you know, we'll see. But that's realistically what you're looking at. All right, very good. I, I, like I said, I, I, I now it, it's in hindsight and asking that question, it was silly, but that was not my Donnie, original Donnie, there are intention. no dumb questions. No, no, I've got some. Unless I've, I've got, some, unless I've got a laminated you. list over here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and okay. I, won't, I want to throw one more out. Yeah. Well, Just hang on. Before more. you move yeah. on quickly, I want to stay on San Antonio for a second. Yeah. Two, two guys, okay? Everybody's talking. The hot button is Jake Allen all the time, right? And they're like, oh, Jake, and this and that. Oh, bad goal the other night. And why don't they bring up Huso and things like that? Well, guess what? Billy Huso is uh, he's six games played right now this year, and he's got a great record. He's playing well. He's got a great save percentage. But he's only played 92 games in four seasons. Mm. That's not a whole heck yeah. of a lot. And, you, you know, you're not going to throw this kid into the fire for 30 games this year. And last year he was hurt. Second half. That's why we ended up with Jordan Bennington. People seem to forget that. Jordan right, Bennington right. is what he is right now because Billy Huso wasn't available to call up last year. And, and so that's how it happens. So you're not going to sacrifice Huso's development just because you want to try and squeeze him in on the NHL roster. The other hot button is Clint Costin. And I know, Jeff, you get like all hot and bothered, more so, or this one. <laughs> right. Hot and bothered, er. Her, er, er. But. The reality of that situation is he's played six games, he has three assists, no mm-hmm. goals. He's right. not dominating at the American Hockey League level. He's not so good that he looks out of place. Right. And that's he's 20 years old. Most guys at 20 are maybe going into their first year pro. Well, and also you mentioned on, on your show on 101 with Stalter uh, about building the uh, a champion or a winning legacy. You know, you win the Stanley Cup up with the parent company up here, but down there they're doing pretty well, so why screw that up? Therefore, the guys that you just talked about are used to winning when they come up. Yeah, well, the luxury the Blues have right now is something we've all talked about is they got the same team back. This year is ahead last year. You know, Pat Maroon and Justin Falk would be the swap outs, Joel Edmondson. But overall, they have the same team. So that's a winning environment that they have in their locker room right now. Nobody from the minors has come up to replace anybody. So they've kept those guys down there. They're in second place in their division down there right now. They have a strong squad, and they haven't even had Jordan Cairo play a game yet. So you're going to build a culture in the minors as well where these guys are going to be good, the Rankies, the Mikolas, the Clem Costins, the Austin Pagansi, Nathan Walker. I mean, you're looking at, wow, they've got some depth in the minors too. Well, the trickle-down effect is that they're going to win hockey games there. And then when they get called up, they're on a winning team here too. So the thought process of winning games and playing the game the right way, it starts in the minors for you. So now when you're developing players, it's not just skill. You're developing a mindset, too, and that's what's huge for an organization. It's, a, it's amazing because most champions in whatever sport have the all along the way they won championships, all along the way they were winners. Yeah, they and talk about that, right? It speaks to that right there. He's a winner. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, this is the most obvious thing I've ever said in my life. It is so great to be a Blues fan right now. Yeah. Like, like, oh, it's yeah. incredible. These conversations about who is in San Antonio and, and the future, and you're just seeing like – this is such an amazing, such an amazing time to be a Blues fan. That that truthfully, two years ago, I wasn't sure I was ever going to see. Yeah, and, and and it's not that I didn't love those great teams, and there were some really great ones. But like, there is something like truly freaking great and special about what we're 
what we're being able to be a part of right now. And it's it's really something that I hope I don't get used to. You well, know what I mean? You got to tip your hat to Doug Armstrong and his scouting staff oh and gosh. the coaches too because if you look at all those guys that I mentioned, and there's some I, I missed in, in that little piece there, but they're going to come up and replace guys eventually. And I don't mean replace like they're better than – but you're not going to be able to hang on to everybody forever. It's just a fact. Yeah. Mathematically, it's just not going to happen because of the salary cap and guys getting either better or working their way out of your lineup, whatever the situation calls for. But you have direct players now that you can envision. Oh, player X goes here. He'll be able to fill that spot. Player Y goes here. Player Z is doing a great job here. You have the goalie of the future. Billy Husso, you know, he's coming along well. So that's how you build your team for a decade is by having those replacements in the minors ready to come up. And when they come up, they're ready to play. Right. You're not force feeding these kids in the lineup and ending up with a situation where kids out of his league, confidence is ruined. Everybody moves on and the kids never heard from again. So it's a great luxury for the blues to have. And if they play it smart, this can be, you know, five, six, seven years of a really good hockey team. That it, works for me because that's about the time I got left. So I'm good. <laughs> I wanted one by the time I'm 60, so I'm good. I said years, not months. Oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, if you want to email the podcast, do it up. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. We're going to get prizes and give some things away. Yeah, we're not man, there that, yet, though. The one thing that we're going to give away, whoo, doggy. You better have a good email. Something else. Blues have a couple of games uh, coming up, obviously, tomorrow night against the Kings, and then a big weekend. You've got uh, Boston on Saturday and Detroit on Sunday. So uh, lots of hockey to close out the week. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, good. It'd be, be a good te- early test already, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's going to be an early test, and you can't underestimate a team like the L.A. Kings. You can't do it. The Blues have to bring that consistent effort that we saw against the Avs. Maybe, you know, it's hard to sustain that for 82 games, but needs to be closer to that every single night. I still hate the Kings like they're good. Yeah. Why not? I, Why not? I, it's easy. Th- those few years of getting run by them yeah. left and right, I still <laughs> still yuck in, yeah. my, in yeah. my world. Quick seems to be a douche on the ice, too, so I'm just going to say it. They're you think rolling. so? Yeah. I think he looks like a player I would love to have that I just hate on another team. Do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it That's is essentially last, what you were saying. Yeah. Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Thanks very much for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. Share it uh, amongst folks because we have a great time doing it. And hope you enjoy listening. Thanks for listening. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.